We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. Hello, friends. Kirk Henderson and Josh Bowe joining you after a couple of game absence because my internet was funky. Uh, Josh, how you doing tonight? I'm doing pretty good. I guess you're the uh, you're the key, right? They lost sure. the two games you couldn't watch. They won the game you came back for. I think Kirk is the key. Well, so the Mavericks <laughs> won 104 to 99 against the Minnesota Timberwolves. They split that that back. I don't know that that two road game series against the Minnesota Timberwolves. They're back at an even 500, 16 and 16 on the season. Uh, before you started, that actually gave we we got we were recording a little bit late, and it gave me a chance to hear Jason Kidd's post game, which um, like just a masterclass in coach speak nonsense about the things they worked on in the off days and the things they did to win this game. And if you watch this game closely, and I, again, this is not a criticism. This is just like a point of fact. Over about, a, it's like a two-minute and 45-second stretch, the Mavericks hit five threes when they had been god-awful from three the whole game. They went from down three to up five, and that was the margin that they won the game by. Yeah, that was the game. Um, they scored 15 points in less than three minutes. The Wolves didn't really do anything in those three minutes. And that was it because they didn't make any. They made one shot from the fourth quarter to the end of the game. I didn't realize that till you told me. I had written a whole (laughs) section on it, and then I I went back in and added it in the recap because I'm just like, "What the fuck?" And now, granted, they did hit some of their free throws. Shout out to Tim Hardaway Jr., who is now a crisp. uh, He's either four. He's either four of ten or four of eleven in clutch time free throws this season. Um, congratulations on being an 80% shooter, but they, they hit just enough of their free throws to win. Christian Wood had a really nice defensive play on Jaden Daniels, blocking him at the rim with about two minutes left, which really might've changed the way things felt. Um, you know, the, the Mavericks broadcast said something in the post game that I think is pretty astounding. I don't know if you heard this. Oh, I did. 
<laughs> when the Maverick, when Tim Hardaway Jr. shoots 45% or greater, the Mavericks are 10 and 1. <laughs> so if you do the math there, that means in every other game, they're 6 and 15. Yeah. I posted a tweet with a, a screenshot of his last 18 games, Tim's last mm-hmm. 18 games. Um, every single game he shoots under 40% from three is a Mavericks loss. Um, that's 18 games. So that's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. So nine of the 18. So half, so they're, they're so five, you know, they lose half their games, uh, when he, you know, he shot under uh, 40% from three. So it's crazy. I don't know if I've ever seen something so distinct this deep into the season, like this trend, like, it's literally if he hits 40% of the threes, the Mavericks win. If he doesn't, they lose. Like, I, well, it I don't has know what to else to make say. you, if you're like a casual, like, try to think how, like, a lot of people listen to our podcast, people that listen to me and you are more along, like, that really like us, are more on the, let's get into the nitty gritty. Let's talk about the good and bad. They're fans that tend to kind of be slightly more, I don't want to use the word self-loathing, but like you've been through the muck with the Mavericks and you're not really into, to rah, rah. Like you want to hear kind of good, bad, the ugly. That's, that's the people who, who listen to our podcast. There's a number of other ones out there where if you're more sunny side up, uh, I think our friends, Nick and Isaac are really good at that sort of thing. But here at Mavs Moneyball, you get, a little bit too much like sometimes we veer too far into the negative but i'll just tell you if you're one of our regular listeners or if you're a casual fan doesn't even the season hanging on tim hardaway jr shooting is a terrible feeling (laughs) yeah and at first like it makes sense though because you look at the roster and you're like wow there are two guys that can consistently score like on their own uh and there's a third that that is that can that can kind of do it but is a little consistent like basically it's you know if tim is hitting that means they basically have what somewhere anywhere between three or four players with about 15 or 20 points which is kind of what you need to win mb like to win games in the nba in the year of our lord and savior 2022 like uh, that's why it's so stark because there's literally no one you know there's no one else on the roster like you could probably look at I mean, there's a fun Dorian stat where the map, like over the last four years when he scores 15 or more points, they're like 75% win percentage or something. Well, I love that you brought that up. So one of your recurring bits for the better part of four years now has been posting screenshots where the Maverick starters don't do anything (laughs) relatively. And it's like, it's like, there's tons of data on this where you're, where you basically go through guys and and what Josh does is says, okay, there's Luca usually someone else in double digits and then three players in single digits and usually somebody in like low single digits while playing tonight like against, 35 minutes. <laughs> yes. Tonight against the Timberwolves, the starters, you have wood with 12 wood. Didn't have a very good game. Not a pair offensively. I mean, Tim Hardaway, 21 Reggie Bullock with eight. And keep in mind, he had two up until the five minute mark of the fourth quarter. Um, Spencer Dinwiddie with 19 Luca with 25. That's a little bit more of a balanced effort. And, of course. Uh, well, you say of course, but I don't think a lot of people like I, I tend to think that most people who say they watch the NBA are lying because it is hard to watch a lot of basketball because basketball games are two and a half hours long. There's 30 teams and there's 80 like each team plays 82 games. It's very difficult. So if you watch the Mavericks a lot, you may not necessarily understand that most teams have starting lineup or have starting lineups where 
four of the five guys are in, are average double digits. Even like the bad teams. <laughs> that's even the bad teams. Like that's normal. Whereas the Mavericks are so top weighted and have been for such a long time that people misunderstand that. Like it's not a it's not a criticism. It's just it's it's you wouldn't know that. Like I didn't realize how bad it was myself until I got into like looking into it. And it's it's just pretty it's it's just pretty nuts. And so this was you know, with the injuries that the Mavericks are dealing with. So, you know, uh, uh, Maxi Kleba probably out for the year. Um, we have Dorian, who's dealing with a hip thing. He'll be back at some point. He's not done. But the way he described it and the way he was talking to Callie Kaplan, the quotes were really uncomfortable, quite honest. Like, he came into the game hurt, and he was not on the injury report, which is not great, um, which says to me that he is tired, and he should be tired because he's been a Mavericks workhorse for years Mm-hmm. And then there's um, Dwight Powell who who came back tonight, which was nice. But it's just it's an it's an injury like these things wear on teams over time, and it's it forced kid to play a a as close to an all offensive lineup as he could play. Like the only difference he could make is if he wanted to start like Kimball Walker at small forward. Like there's no <laughs> no chance of that happening. Um, and I just thought like just for me, I I thought the 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 offense was a lot more watchable at points i like points yeah Yeah. it was still pretty awful but it felt less blarg yeah i mean he started and played his four kids started and played his four best scores this season together for like the first time i think this season because this is the first time wood started with tim because tim didn't play the last minnesota game um I mean, wait, Tim might have played the Cleveland game. I can't remember. But I think this is the first time Luca, Tim, and Wood have started, and Dinwiddie. Those four guys have started a game uh, and played this many minutes together. And and shockingly, they've scored enough points to win, even when, you know, this wasn't their best game. Like, I mean, we watched, there were a lot of weird possessions, uh, a lot of mucky turnovers, you know, especially when they went to the bench. I mean, when your bench is Bertans, Powell, Kemba Walker, Frank Nelikina, like this is not the bench they've been playing all season. Like they were playing lineups that have never played before. It got weird. Um, and things looked, you know, things looked funky. Uh, but when they got to their core guys, the, you know, they they produced and it's yeah. their four best scores. And and I mean it's not rocket science. I mean, they're not necessarily gonna bring it defensively every single game, but uh, because you know, did Luca Dinwiddie Hardaway would, I don't know if there's an above average defender among those four players. Um, you know, some of them can do it for a game, but I'm talking about like an over an 82 game stretch. Uh, you're, you know, it's not going to be consistent, but I mean, they could score. So uh, like, that's what we talked about after max injury, right? Like they have a top 10 offense. It's not necessarily a fluke that they have a top 10 offense this season, despite all the consternation about how awful uh, and top heavy the roster can be when it comes to scoring. Like Luca is just that good. He can get out of bed and, and run a top 10 offense because he's one of the best players on the planet. So if you have an offense that good, just lean into it. Like the defense was already pretty mediocre, even with Maxi, Dorian, and Reggie healthy all season. So if you lose, you know, and Josh Green. So if you lose Maxi and Green isn't hasn't played on this road trip, and I don't think he's they said he's gonna play, he's not gonna play till they get back home after this Friday game in Houston. Like if you don't have those defensive guys and your defense already wasn't that consistent to begin with, just like you have no other choice. You got to lean into trying to outscore some teams. And now well, I'm glad they did it because yeah. it seemed and like saying well, that, of course, they played okay defense tonight a little bit, yeah. but that's kind well, of the wolves. Well, I mean, would our friend is talk Franco wrote a, 
a pretty devastating takedown of the concept of the Mavericks extending wood. Um, I'll let you go read it over over at. Uh, oh, I saw it. Yeah. You know, I mean, everybody listening. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, over at uh, the the D Magazine Sports Vertical. What the hell is it called? And anyways, you can find it. It's his talk. Um, and he made he. It was just a devastating argument because I think he's right. I don't think the Mavericks can resign him uh, and expect to do anything ever. But he was talking about elements of his defense and. You saw a whole bunch of both with Wood tonight. At the same time, I think in terms of a regular, like it's not a play, it's not a playoff thing. Like they cannot do it in the playoffs. But if you're trying to get to the playoffs and trying to figure, like there is a, I thought he played fine tonight. Most teams are not going to crush you in the post. Like you, you need some rim defense, but I'll tell you what, his arms are significantly longer than Powell's and you can see that. It's wild on like watching where it's just like his arms are much higher in the air because he, and he might be able to jump higher than Powell on, on D. I'm not really sure, but I just I like the effort. I like the the mix of things. Um, and I thought that the fact that they were able to still win the game with him playing a fairly mediocre all around game is interesting. It's funny he played just 27 minutes. The 28 minute mark is like the line of demarcation for him. He plays over 28 minutes. The Mavs have won one game. And it doesn't mean anything. I just use it to be an ass. Um, At least I don't think it means anything. This is advertiser content brought to you by Frito-Lay. Hello, I'm Chip Murphy, here to get you ready for the big tournament. Tonight we'll break down... We break down who will be cutting... Cut! What are you two doing? Sorry, Chip. Prez here got his feathers ruffled when I told him Ruffles has zero chance of winning the title. And I was letting Dip know that she is not taking into account Ruffles' iconic ridges. Guys, it's March. We have to start talking about the tournament. We are. It is the 2023 Frito-Lay Snackin'. We're talking about big-time matchups between Cheetos, Smart Food, Lay's, Sun Chips, and more. Just head to the Frito-Lay Snack Bracket and vote for your favorite chip, pretzel, or dip for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. This sounds great. Keep up the good work. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends 4-3-2023. Void wherever hit Here's worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Yeah. This is just, this is, it's it's just a weird thing. Um, I'm glad they won. I, I'm tired of talking, like, about them when they lose. We, we limited Frank Nilakina's minutes. Thank goodness. Like, he's just, he's so bad. The one thing I, I think that was interesting to me, and I'm curious for your takes on this, is I wrote that when Kemba and when Luca play together, I think Kemba needs to be handling the ball. Otherwise, there's no point of Kemba being out there. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, and it's probably one of the easier ways. You know, Luca's going to have to learn how to play off ball eventually. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just he has to to become the complete player that he wants. I'm sure he wants to be. Uh, and Kemba's probably, I mean, he, no, I mean, I think he's the second best point guard on this team. No offense to Spencer Dinwiddie, who really is kind of more of like a combo guard at this stage of his career, I think. Um, and I mean, his scoring has been awesome. But like in terms of like running an offense and getting a team through sets and and setting people up, I think Kemba is probably a better, uh, a better guy uh, in that aspect. So yeah, like it makes sense. Like when Luca's sharing the floor with Dinwiddie, it totally makes sense for Luca to run the show and Dinwiddie to just kind of attack 
the space that Luca creates. But when Kemba's on the floor, yeah, I could see the, see the argument. Like, let's let Kemba run some pick and roll. Let's let him do some things, uh, and then let Luca, you know, let Luca attack some space created. Yeah. You know, you're with Kemba. We only we got we are only going to get so many games of him looking good. Like, there's, there's well, and he a, really he hasn't looked good. Like he played 41 minutes and he looked and, and it's not shocking that the guy who played 41 minutes for the first time in a year hasn't looked great in the follow-ups. Um, but I think you're kind of just not giving him any chance to take advantage of situations because he had no assists in 20 minutes as a point guard. I mean, and and that's I just I it's not the end of the world. It's just no, the no, thing no. that I noticed and a thing that I was wondering because they talked about getting those two more minutes together, but if you're just letting Luca dominate the ball while he's out there, then he's just another catch and shoot guy. Right. And of course, I mean, he's got a little juice if they close out. Um, yes. So that helps. But yeah, I, I totally see your point. Like, like there's only, you know, this roster just doesn't have the case. Like he's the only person that could really do it. You know, we've uh-huh. seen Didwitty kind of be the lead guard and it doesn't yep. look great. So why not try it? And it's, you know, if we're trying, if Lucas could be playing, 38 minutes a night on a team struggling to to get past 500. If you want to reduce the wear and tear without, you know, while you're not able to limit his minutes because they literally need him to play this many minutes for them to win. That's the way you can steal some rest. Obviously Lucas shouldn't just be like standing in the corner with his hands on his knees, but I mean, it's, it's way better than him, you know, getting knocked to the ground for the 10th time, you know, let Kemba yeah. run and roll or do something like that for a couple of positions. I think the last thing that I was wondering is is so the Reggie Bullock of it all is fascinating because the reason he was open for two threes in a minute is because he had he has an aversion to shooting. Um, it's kind of uncomfortable, really. He was three of eight. He had a layup, a fast break, and he had two threes in a minute, which meant he played roughly thirty-two minutes with where he missed five shots over those 32 minutes. And really he's, he's quite awful on defense right now. Um, I'm not sure why. And I don't, I I don't really have a question. These are just kind of observations and I don't see what Dallas can do. If Reggie is going to be like, again, I want to, I want to point out that I'm glad he made the threes, but I'm just, I'm his, we're just we're getting the second half of December and he still looks like fried chicken way too often. Yeah, the defense is harder to explain. I mean, he's getting beat off the dribble, single um, dribble stuff. Yeah, like that's that's a little concerning. Um, so that's something that makes me concerned about. I mean, he was there. I mean, him and Dorian were the workhorses in the playoffs. I mean, that was why they had a good defense was was him and Dorian and Maxi for the most part. Uh, I mean, he was. I mean, he was chasing Chris Paul three quarters court for a seven game series. Like, I mean, he was for 40, you know, 48 minutes a night. Like he, you worry, you know, he's, he's 31. He's going to be 32 soon. Um, you just worry about the mileage on him after the, you know, last season. And he played a lot of minutes uh, for the Knicks before he came to Dallas as well. So um, you worry a little bit about that offensively. You're right about the, um, the, how trigger shy he is. Um, there was no one near him on those threes. Like that was the thing that was so it's in the wolves had basically decided he would. Okay. If, if they're treating him like last season, Josh green. Yeah. He's shooting. I'm on it right now. Basketball uh, reference per hundred possessions, which is a good way to kind of 
even out yeah. with the minutes totals because he's kind of been up and down in minutes uh, the last month is has he's been kind of had his minutes curtailed because he's just not performing. So per 100 possessions, he's shooting 7.2 three-pointers per game. That would be the lowest mark for him since 2015-2016. Um, and again, that's per 100 possessions, so it accounts for uh, you know minutes, you know minutes uh, fluctuation. So he is not you know last and for example, last season he was at 10.4 three-point attempts per 100 possessions. So that's a pretty significant fall off, and he's been in the 10 range per 100 possessions whenever he's been a full-time starter slash uh-huh. you know, main rotation guy. Like his, his uh, main season, when he started 52 games in Detroit, he was about eight. Um, when he started games for Detroit and the Lakers the next season, he was around 10, you know, 10 in New York, 10 in Dallas per 100 possessions, three-point attempts. So, yeah, he's not shooting, you know, that's the part that is definitely worrying is that. Well, the Mavericks seem to know it, like, because yeah. they just keep rolling him out there. He has, he's gotten some. Because he has breaks. to do this. <laughs> he had, like, he is, is part of what makes this whole thing work on offense, where they just keep running the Luca Bullock screen and defenses have just stopped caring. They, it's, it's one of those things that sticks in the back of my head. And if, it, you know, and I think we're all, we're all kind of coping with the fact that the Mavericks are likely to continue to play 500 basketball. Um, and I don't know what that means. You know, it's a bigger picture yeah. thing. I think everybody's kind of going different directions. We have a lot of different feelings on it. I don't want to say anything that can be thrown in my face later. Um, but, especially because their schedule is not too bad for the next week or right, so. Right. Yeah. I mean, the, they, like the, they play they, Houston they, twice, San Antonio. No, they play Houston three times in the next uh, two weeks. <laughs> so, right. And they need uh, to, like, they have to win all three of those games because they've already lost right. to Houston once. So. Right. Yeah. Um, would it well, surprise you that Reggie Bullock in the month of December is shooting 43% from three? No, because he's, I've seen him <laughs> where he's been pretty damn good. It's a volume thing. For it me. is a volume thing. And he's averaging 3.2 per game in December. No, he, and, and what is, what was he taking? I wonder what he was taking. Like, you don't got to look this up, but I wonder I he was taking up. kind of like March on last year through the playoffs. Uh, Mar- March of last season, he was taking almost eight threes a game. That's just, that's <laughs> <laughs> took, there it uh, is. in the playoffs. First round, he took seven per game, seven in the second round, eight in the Western Conference Finals. So, yeah, mm-hmm. that's it. So, it seems like he's overcome, you know, 43% for we're almost through the end of the month. That's pretty good for a month. So now I guess the next step is can they get him back into taking more shots? Because like you said, you know, him taking one or two threes a game is, is a problem because I mean he we talk about some of these guys like Dorian and Tim uh and Maxi and Dw- I mean, seriously, if this guy is not shooting threes, he is not scoring. He's not shooting, he's not dribbling, he's not passing. Um, like he's he offensively, he is really not doing anything except technically spacing the floor but if you're not shooting are you really spacing the floor so so uh yeah he really needs to get his attempts back up there because it's not like he you know i know we say this for for all a lot of the mavericks role players but he truly is a one-trick pony on the offensive end well i don't really have anything else fancy that was just something sort of sticking in my craw um yeah We'll yeah. go. We'll we'll go from there. So it's just it's hard. It's hard to uh, 
I mean, it's hard to like want to say anything definitive about this team, you know. Like we well, just, they don't. There's such a relentless <laughs> onslaught of games, and they play every other day. Where's the schedule here? So we play Friday against the Rockets. Play that Christmas Sun Christmas Day game against the Lakers. Then they play Tuesday against New York. Then they play Thursday against the Rockets. Then they play. They actually have a. a no, then they play again. Like they just yeah. play every two days for for the rest of the month, and it's it's hard to take away anything when it feels like, you know, honestly, this win was pretty. I don't want to call it like pretty important, <laughs> but had things had they lost again, the you Discord can't be two would, games under five hundred going into the stretch they're going into. Like that would have just been really bad right. vibes. Because then that's you're at right. the point where if they if they lose to Houston or or the Lakers. Or San Antonio, like then you're like you're pulling you're pulling the alarm. But so this right of the ship at least for a little bit. Right. No, you're right, man. I, okay. I don't know. They could lose to Houston, and then they could lose. I don't. I don't know anymore. Like I just no, don't. I'm just, it makes me not want to say anything because every time I'm like, okay, I think they're I think they're turning things around because they won those three straight against New York, Phoenix, and Denver, and they looked awesome, and they looked awesome for forty minutes basically against Milwaukee, and you're like, okay. Here it comes they're turning. You know they've leveled it out. Things are turning around because their advanced data is still awesome. They're still eighth in net rating and cleaning the glass. Like, I mean, it's really hard to be a 500 team this deep into the season with a net rating that good. Uh, I think they have a better point differential than the Denver Nuggets, who are first place in the Western Conference. So right. I, this is the weird. I might have to write about just like this is the weirdest. Weirdest yeah. season. Well, and that, and that like like so so people who are like relentlessly positive, which are elements of the team, because it's like we saw um Eddie Sefko basically, you know, throw I've just seen lots of people and I, I, I get why. It's it's just there's not for me, there's not there's nothing coming that's evident like there was last year where it's like, okay, Luca's gonna get in shape and we'll see right. what we can do. That's a hell of a trump card to play when you're when you're 16 and 18 at New Year's Eve, like they were last year. Yeah. Right now, I don't really know what I would say. Where it's, you know, Luca's gonna be nice to refs, and <laughs> like, like it's it's just not the same thing. Where it's like, oh, Reggie Bullock's gonna start hitting threes. I mean, maybe that is that important. I mean, it yeah. could be, could be. Oh goodness, we're talking. I'm talking too much. We should just go. We're gonna be back here Friday night. We'll be basically doing. You know, I'm gonna record a live show. We'll do kind of a, a show a day. I'm gonna get back to trying to do these Moneyball minutes. But honestly, folks, I just haven't had the juice. This team's been so painful to watch at points where it's just, it, it feels like the more I talk, the more likely I am to say something really fucking stupid. So I've just decided to not. Um, Josh, got anything else? Uh, okay, let's get out of here. All right. See you guys Friday. Kirk Henderson and Josh Bow, Mavs and Moneyball after dark. Please, if you could go sub- subscribe, give us a rating. We really like that sort of thing. It's very helpful for us and the, the ability for other people to find our podcast. Uh, We're really grateful for your listening, and we will be back here soon. Have a good rest of your week. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. 
at hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.